0: Welcome to CPF Firewire, a podcast from California Professional Firefighters where we discuss a wide range of issues affecting firefighters, our unions, our families, and the communities we serve.
1: Hello and welcome to the CPF Firewire. I'm CPF President Brian Rice. As firefighters, we live with the reality that our next shift could be our last. And when a firefighter dies in the line of duty the loss falls heavily on the firefighters department and the local union. For these entities, a line of duty death means a lot of additional responsibilities, supporting the family, supporting the members, arranging for an appropriate remembrance for the fallen brother or sister. These responsibilities can be overwhelming for any fire department. Helping fire agencies in this time of trial is what the California Last Alarm Service team is all about. A service of the California Fire Foundation, Cal Last offers a team of skilled individuals who can help with every aspect of a line of duty death, from planning a memorial to grief counseling. Joining me today are two members of the Foundation's Cal Last team. Thomas J is a Southern California Incident Commander for Cal Last. TJ is a retired battalion chief with the City of Riverside Fire Department. And he's been a part of the CPF Honor Guard for more than two decades and is one of the founding members of the Cal Last Team. TJ, welcome to the FireWire. Thanks for having me. And then our next guest is Tracy Hanson. Uh, Tracy is a retired fire chief uh, of the Consumness Fire District in Southern Sacramento County um Tracy and I also served as executive board members their local 522 here in Sacramento she's currently a member of the California pipes and drums and has recently joined the Cal last team and Tracy thank you for joining us today
2: thank you for having me
1: it's I'm just honored to have you both here this is such a um such a needed service that, that we've seen across the state and and really our all of our first experience with experience with this was um, through the granite Night. Granite Mountain 19, and the members that were killed in Arizona and then came home to California. And I always like our guests to start with a little bit about themselves and their journey into the fire service. And TJ, tell us a little bit about um, how you became involved in the the fire service and what motivated you, and particularly what motivated you to... um, generously give of your time, not only for Honor Guard, but Cal Last, and just all the things that you've done to support members over the years. I appreciate that. Yeah, I started off, I was in the military for for a while in the United States Air Force
3: and ended up out there at March Air Force Base in Southern California. And um, I had no idea really anything about the fire service. Um, I was working out at a gym when I came across a fire chief from the city of Riverside, and he'd asked me if I was interested in a career in the fire service. And that was that, 33 years later retirement. Um, I'm a very, very happy individual and glad I did it. The fire service has done so many things for my family <clears throat> and a lot of families in general. And so being involved with the Honor Guard and the fire service is just kind of a way to give back, so to speak. So I ended up being in the Honor Guard in uh, 1997. I started in the Riverside City Honor Guard and became the commander there. We had our first line-of-duty death in 2005 with Ed Turan. Um, we put a service then, and then we came up here to put his name on the wall the next year, and then I got involved with the honor guard here and was just hooked ever since. And so I became the honor guard commander a year or two later for the memorial, and um, it just took off from there. Eventually, uh, when the Arizona 19 happened, um right before that we decided we were going to go with a cal last team. Um it's a national thing. There's several states that do have a national last team, but we wanted our own team here in California as you know. And uh so several of us on the committee that were actually doing the memorial here in California decided that we wanted to help with that and we've been doing it for what 11 years now. So it's been fantastic.
1: Well, you've done a great job. It makes me think of a couple little stories of when I made CPF president, you were one of the first phone calls that I made, which was, I hope you're planning um, to stay with the honor guard and do that, and you assured me it was there, but I'll never forget prior to memorial standing upstairs and you asked, we would like to do a bugle taps. Um and it was a very really hurried situation and I just looked at you because I was there's a part of me going, Are you out of your mind? We're like days <laughs> ahead of this thing and you're asking me this question. But I remember I looked at you and just went, Can you do this? Will it fit and will it be seamless? And I'll never forget, you looked at me and said, It will be and I said, Do it. Um and and it speaks to a lot of the person that you are, and many many of our members don't know how involved you are um, with the Honor Guard—not just at the state level, but with the international. Again, you're an integral part of our Fallen Firefighter Memorial in Colorado Springs, and I've just always appreciated that dedication. I appreciate that. Thanks. And then Tracy Hansen. Tracy, you and I go back a long way. We were just doing a little bit of reminiscing. Um, Tracy and I served as directors of Local 522. It's been 30 years, it's huh? It's been
2: a while, yes. <laughs> and then
1: we were talking about an incident. We were on um, uh, a massive car pile up in the Thule fog and, and um, kind of looking back on that and again to realize that was almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. but. Tracy, um, I knew you as you were coming into the fire service, um, and we've spent a career together, but talk to us about how you got there and kind of your journey, not just in the fire service, but you've been a member of the Pipes, and you and Brad, your husband, have been members of the Pipes and Drums for two decades?
2: At least, yes. So uh,
1: tell us about it.
2: Well, uh, I started as a paramedic in Sacramento County and worked very closely with the fire services on all the medical aids that we ran on. And I just really enjoyed that idea. Uh, I considered a medical career pretty much all through high school, but loved the outdoor kind of labor intensive, adrenaline rush kind of uh, work that the fire service provided. Serving the community was right up where I wanted to be. And then blending that medical piece with it was something that really intrigued me. Um, And so took the opportunity and started testing and got picked up by what was then Elk Grove Fire Department and served there throughout my entire career of 24 years. Uh, As you mentioned, my husband is a piper uh, and we serve both in the Sacramento Firefighters Pipes and Drums Band and in the uh, Pipes and Drums of the California Fire Foundation. So we are uh, incredibly blessed to be participants in that In that arena. Um, As TJ mentioned, for us, the start was just about giving back. Unfortunately, we've been very close friends with people who've passed as a result of fire service illnesses or long term injury issues, suicide, Uh, and so it touched our lives very personally. And so our opportunity to give back in that area with Mm -hmm. the pipes and drums was just the start of it. And the band. Works very closely with Calast and the memorial services, and how we coordinate and kind of choreograph the service to be the best that we can be for the families, for the department of our fallen brother or sister. And so, um, watching them do that work, I just felt like it was another layer where I could potentially offer some assistance, um, be a good team member, and help support them. It's a long, very arduous, very emotional, very difficult process to support those members, but so critically important. And I just thought it was a great opportunity for me, especially now that I'm retired and have a little more time in in my world, to do a little bit more giving back. It's just so important.
1: And Tracy, um, I I think back on it. It's like, wow, we sat across the the bargaining table Mm -hmm. um, very successfully. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about as, as a fire chief in in um, a Sacramento County agency and consume now are they up to eight fire stations? They've yeah,
2: I think they're at eight, seven and or getting eight. ready They've to grown. plan a couple.
1: And tell us about that. I, I know I, I think of Rich Ibera, mm-hmm. and there's been a couple of members that you have lost over the years, and how. How is it that the Cal last team can integrate into and help kind of some of the smaller agencies that might find, you know, that command structure to run an incident like this? Because that is when we have a line of duty death, we all look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Give us some insight from a fire chief's perspective on the things that you did know would be there, but some of the ones that you didn't and, and really would help you through. You, you kind of have that um, unique perspective for us, and I'd like to hear a little about it.
2: Well, I don't think it matters the size of the agency when it comes to a loss. It's devastating. It's devastating for the department, certainly for the family, uh, devastating for all involved. And it is a huge undertaking to try to put together a memorial service that you feel is befitting the individual and the family uh, and to support them in a way that you feel makes them feel honored, makes them feel respected. So when you, when you lose somebody in your department, it's painful incredibly painful. Um, and there's an immense amount of pressure to get it right for everybody involved. Right. It doesn't matter your rank, it doesn't matter your mm-hmm. relationship to the fallen firefighter, it doesn't matter. You're you're just interested in not letting our brotherhood and sisterhood um, kind of mentality fall on deaf ears, right? You want to walk the walk, Right. And so uh, the pressure to get it right is immense. And when you're on a smaller agency, the staff level, uh, the count of people who are there to be able to support that effort can be very, very difficult. In many cases, uh, the person is very well known to everybody involved. And so, um, and that doesn't mean to say that it's not significant for those agencies that are larger, but you know everybody. Yeah, you you work shifts with these people on a regular basis, and and so that can be potentially um, a very difficult thing to get over. So there is an immense amount of pressure to get it right, and so having the opportunity to work with people who've done this who can remain somewhat objective in their efforts to make sure that they're um, seeing all the things that maybe you're not because you're so emotionally tied to what's happening and it can be very difficult to do. Uh, So with CalLast, the benefit is bringing in a team that can help support you, not here to take over, Right. not here to demand you do things a certain way, just there to say, hey, what can we do to help? How can we ease this burden a little bit? How can we honor your fallen in a way that makes all kinds of sense for you and for that family? Um, and just be a support.
1: TJ, um, talk to me a little bit about the core mission of the Cal Last Team.
3: Well, I think the core mission is just for us to to be able to assist the department with whatever their needs are for a line of duty death. and just like Tracy was mentioning, it could be anything from you just need some advice over the telephone about how to make the service work. Uh, We do have a a website that's available for you to click on and and see what a service is made up of and how that's going to affect you and your department. If you just need advice, we can do that over the phone. If you need me to come down and speak to you one-on-one to the chief and to the union about what's involved with CalS and how that works and Hey, we're, we're going to put on a service we don't really need anybody but we just want to make sure we're going down the right road we can do that um, or if you want us to bring the full team in because you don't have anyone like tracy had mentioned earlier some of the apartments are small and so they don't even have an honor guard they don't have the numbers to put those on or they have no idea of how to even do it and so uh, we can do the full the full boat if we if you want that or if you just want some individual over the phone conversation, we can do that with you also. So we range anywhere from sending an incident commander, honor guard services, chaplain services, Um, We also do um, PSOB services for you. There's educational services that are available for um, the foundation, forms that need to be filled out. There's all kinds of things that I don't think most departments think about until they have that line of duty death. But we're there for you for those reasons. And it's a
1: great resource to have. And how how many... I'm gonna go I'm gonna actually go to two different places here because I've watched Tracy I've watched it with us in five twenty two and working with some of the line of duty deaths we've had um, over the years and, and TJ it has always amazed me at the job that that not only Cow Last but departments are able to do working with families and and how Tracy you touched on it, you know, properly um honoring our brothers and sisters um, that we've lost. But the second part of it is you guys have a lot of really um, close and intense dealings with families and survivors and departments. How do you, um, how how do you, what do you do to stay objective in that, to provide the best advice that you can and not, um, because I would, I know most of us would, would become somewhat emotionally, Involved or attached, um, but how do you how do you find that working through and, and working with the family and getting them the honor that that you know that they deserve? How is that?
2: It's just what we do. It's what the fire service is exceptionally good at, um, and unfortunately, we have far too much practice in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it can be difficult emotionally to separate that. And so the team assigns folks based on their ability to maintain that objectivity and provide that service, but also be caring, be um, sympathetic, empathetic with family members. You don't want somebody who's gonna go in there cold, right? right. That's yes. not the time. Uh, and to respect that it's gonna be difficult. You don't come into this team. I've
1: watched both of you mm-hmm. deploy some diplomacy mm-hmm. on, on how to get a department and a family um, through a situation and not everybody not everybody awesome. can do that, and I've seen both of you um, do that at a level that most people can't. You know, I think we have an advantage, if you per se, if uh, in regards to
3: that, we're already working in the fire service on the front lines, you know, for a long period of time, and we see a lot of stuff that most people don't see in their lifetime and shouldn't. Right, um, but we manage our emotions then, right? And so I think once you're on the team, you become one of those members and you go there, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to that department and those individuals, right? And so they need you. They need someone there to comfort them, to take the reins and say, hey, we're gonna help you through this and then we put our emotions off to the side. It doesn't mean that we don't care, it doesn't right. mean that we're not grieving at the same time, and if we do, we'll do that in the in a room off to the side. We've done that and before. And we have done that several times before. But I think really they're counting on us to, to be there for them, to be strong for them. And um, I think most of the team members that you know, are interested in becoming Cal Last member, that's how they feel. They feel like they, they want to give that back to someone else. And in order to do that, I think you just have to kind of put your personal feelings aside. It's about the families, it's about the department, it's about that union. And um, we try to put ourselves together as a team. We support each other. If we need that support off to the side, you and I have done that before. I'm sure I've done that with Tracy a few times we put all that stuff aside and and do what needs to be done and then once it's over with it doesn't mean that we're not right. living with what that was and especially for a lot of years we've been doing that but i'm not going to say that we're 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 used to it i just think that we find a place to put that away and do what we need to do
1: it's a it's a it's such a necessary honor for the fire service, and and it's one that most, whether you're a firefighter, or a fire administrator, an elected official, that that folks really don't think about the amount of compassion, discipline, um, and just having a servant's loving heart to do that job. TJ, you've been on the last team since it started. Yes. Um, how many, you know, how many deployments have you been on? Um, do any of them really stick in your mind? Um, about you know the, you know the situation and and things that you've had to do, but how how many deployments and and what does that usually entail?
3: Well, the first one
1: was the Arizona
3: nineteen deployment, and um, when that C one thirty landed with the coffins inside, and we had to have that service out on the tarmac, that was uh, pretty eye opening for me. The military was on one side of the tarmac. The whole team was on the opposite side, left side of the team, and the band was there and all that. And uh, it was a huge, huge endeavor to do. And so that uh, that started started the ball rolling with hey, this is this is something that is going to really positively, in a way affect you know these departments that need someone like us. And I've probably done maybe 15, 20 of the services so far through Cal last. Um, through Riverside City Fire. I was the honor guard commander down there and locally assisted with well, several funerals and memorial services. So I've been doing it for a long period of time. And um, I think one of the ones that sticks out for me, and we were talking about this earlier today, is the Porterville where they had the double the double fatality. And they'd called us. We had boots on the ground. I think you called. And uh, we had boots on the ground within 11 hours after the incident, if they called to the May Day. And so I got up there pretty quick, and um, they were still trying to find the two individuals that were lost in the mayday. And uh, the families were there, the departments there. It was it was a horrible, horrible incident, and uh, it's probably one of the the most emotional ones for me because you're right there when they're still looking for our brothers and sisters in the rubble. And so that was a pretty. That was a pretty tough one you're up there with me and uh, we were all pretty affected by that and that just brings us to another aspect of you know the firefighter and that is that you know uh we're not immune to uh through the pressures of how that feels right and i, I sought out some help also for after i uh, left that that service it was a pretty tough when we put on um in less than 10 days we put on seven different services for that department so it was a that one stands out pretty big in my mind but but they're all just as important right as the right. smallest one to the biggest one that we do.
1: It's it, you know it's kind of one of those things that it really doesn't matter who you are none of us are prepared for loss. No. You know in even yeah, we are just not we're not we're not prepared for that and there's and I don't know that you can preemptively do that. You know we're we're humans and we're not there Tracy um what do you see as a couple of the top values for the, um, for the last team, n- not only to families, but, but to fire departments? What are a couple of things that you feel are really key?
2: Well, I think being that support during a very difficult and emotional time, it's very tense. Uh, just being able to say, can I handle that for you? And if they nod their head, yes, I've got you we'll take care of this, right? And feeling that they are supported. I, you know, our, our experience at our department with Rich Iibera, the the support that we gleaned from around the county was immeasurable. It was so valuable to us at the time. And so the Cal team is in essence doing that same thing mm-hmm. all across the state. Uh, and so it's an important task for us. And we don't just manage the memorial service and supporting those agencies, we also turn the family on to a variety of resources that are available to them and benefits that come through a certified line of duty death that allow that family to take advantage of a a number of local, state, and federal programs that may be of great service to them moving forward, Uh, tuition payments for college tuition, um, PSOB benefits that may provide a great deal of monetary value to them in the long term. And those benefits are not something you think about at the time, no. right? Your focus is solely on the tragedy of the in, the right. entire loss. But the Cal Last Team has the opportunity to bring those benefits to your mind and kind of remind you on um, a later schedule, right? Mm-hmm. We We wanna make sure we get that memorial done. What's available to you to take advantage of as a family member who's lost somebody? Uh, to a line of duty death. And then working with the management and the labor groups to try and support them long-term, turn them onto resources for peer support. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's devastating. I still vividly, vividly remember when we lost Richard, being at the hospital, dealing with the crews, trying to get everybody in, yeah. helping to support Jan. I've, I've, it's like it was yesterday. And I, I would imagine it's the same for everybody who's had that experience you remember it. And so having that support is so important to, uh, to the agencies, to the family, to the labor and management team, to everybody, really.
3: I just want to say also, Brian, that it's not, um, I think Tracy Stess, uh, talked about this a little bit earlier. It's just, we're not there to come in and take over your service, right? Because there's a lot of pride with firefighters everywhere across the state, across the nation. Yep, And I don't People don't want some stranger to roll into their department and say, hey, we're going to take this whole thing over and you're not part of what what's going on here, right? For us in the CalLAS team, it's we just want to be part of that if you want us to be there. We're not there to take over your service for you. We're not there to tell you what to do. There are guidelines, specific guidelines for certain things, and we're there to kind of help you manage the situation, right? So it's a, it's a fantastic resource. It's not it's not like uh, if you would like us to come in and take over everything, we'll do that. But really, what we want is your department to be in the forefront. We want you to carry the colors if that's what we need, if that's what you want to do. We want you to, to be the, the flag folding team if that's what you want to do. We want your chaplain to be the one that runs the service. It's not it's not like CPF or Calas is coming in there to take it over. If you want us to take over some portions of it, we can. If you need some of the materials that we have available for you to use, we can do that also. But just really don't want that stigma to get out there that people are thinking that, oh, we got these strangers from the state that are gonna come in and take over our service. That really, really isn't the case. We're just really there to support you if you want us to do one thing, we'll do one thing and that's print and design, we can do that for you and stay away from it, we will. But if you want us to do the whole thing and hold your hand through, what a great resource. right? You're already emotionally bound by what's happened and it's hard to
1: kind of think straight. We can come in there and help you with that. It, it's interesting, TJ, and I've got, I got to witness this with you and Jair Juarez on um, the line of duty desk in Porterville. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. Jair said he he they're they're overwhelmed in recovery and doing the things that they need to do. And they said handle it for us. And I, I watched you guys and and this team step into that breach. And um, how you guys conducted yourselves, how you conducted yourselves with um, the fire department administration, the city administration, and then the fire department members. It was just it. I don't really have the right words to describe it. And saying it was just—it was a be- very beautiful act. W- what has it meant to you as a firefighter to participate not only in Cal Lass but the Honor Garden, Tracy Pipes and Drum and Cal Lass? What, TJ? What's it meant to you over the course of your career and life? For me, the uh, the fire service and the military, for that
3: matter. But the fire service has given me everything that I have, my family, everything that I have, my home you know, any vehicles that I have, the ability to travel, uh, our health. I mean, we've gotten everything from the fire service. And so in my mind, and it's just a way to give back, it's something that I owe to the fire service. And if I just happen to have this talent, I guess, if per se, to to be able to put on the funeral services, and that's that's what it's going to be, to be able to, to show people how we honor the firefighters that we've lost um, dig- with dignity and the proper way, then... I'm so glad to be able to do it for this many years. And so that's really what motivates me. That's really what keeps me going forward is that I have this this gift to be able to help people uh, in this way, especially in the... Probably the worst times of their lives, and I'm gonna give that back to them no matter what for as long as I possibly can. So I'm gonna be around until you kick me out or I'm in a wheelchair <laughs> or whatever, but.
1: We'll go out whatever, at the same time. <laughs>
3: whatever I can do to continue to do this for families, it's just that's my reward, right? That's my way to give back to what they've given to me.
2: Tracy, how about you? You know, I have a similar answer. You know, the fire service has such a deep and rich history of service, of being there, doing what we can to um, contain the chaos, to bring things back to some level of normalcy. Uh, The service has been exceptionally good to me and my family as well. And I was particularly drawn to our traditions of supporting each other, of that brotherhood and sisterhood, of the, uh, you know, it's a difficult job not everybody can do it. And even the people who are good at it need that support of their their others in service. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just feel so incredibly strongly about, don't just talk the talk. Yeah. Make sure that you walk that walk too. Make sure that you take the opportunity to give back. And uh, my time in the fire service, I, I saw that time and time again when I needed that help. I saw it when I was on the labor um, board. I saw it as a manager. Um, I saw it when we lost our firefighter at our department, uh, and I saw it with my band work. And I just feel a calling to be a part of that to help pay it forward. The service has been so good to me, and it was just a great opportunity for me to give back in an area that I thought would be of great impact. Uh, And so it's an honor to do it.
1: How how would a department or a local union go about requesting um, a cow last activation? What's what's the pathway to do that?
3: Well, um, once they've uh, determined that it's a line of
1: duty death and they would
3: contact the foundation here, Jocelyn Bueller the Foundation or Rick Martinez, um, that they've had a line of duty death and, and they're requesting help from the last team. Um, one of the things that will happen is that they'll be uh, they'll receive some paperwork and then they'll also have to get on the website so they can see exactly what it is that the last team offers right so you're you're calling out for help but maybe not sure what what is available to you so you can get on the the California Fire Foundation um, website under last team and uh, there's a whole reference of information down there for you to be able to look at to see what's available and then once you determine from your department what it is that you would like to do um, or if you have questions you can speak to Jocelyn in the office directly she'll probably refer you to myself um, so that um, so that you can get more information on the service itself, on the honor guard and the band and what that all entails. Um, normally we will talk with the fire chief and the union president from that department. So we're hoping that both entities will work together to help put on uh, a respectful line of duty death. Um, and then the ball gets rolling. They'll send us out to you. Uh, it doesn't cost you any money, doesn't cost you a cent. Um, we'll come down and sit down with you. We'll talk over the phone, video, whatever it is that you need to kind of get things started. and. And then there we go. Uh, if you want us to stay, I'll come out and stay. I've been known to stay for 11 days in Porterville, um, up to, uh, stay overnight in your town uh, for three or four days before the service to make sure we're getting everything done. Um, it's it's not very, very difficult. All you got to do is pick up the phone, make a phone call, and we will take it from there.
1: The work that it takes to be an honor guard member, um, a pipes and drum member, or a last team member the time that you give for that, it's, it's a gift. I believe it's a God-given gift and not everybody has it and not everybody can do it. You two do have it and you work with teams of people that have it. And I can never say enough about the dedication and the devotion to duty. All of those things that we see at the Drill Tower, if you look at the band members, mm-hmm. you look at the Cal Last Team members, and you look at Honor Guard members, whatever your department has up on that wall, honor, courage, devotion to duty, these members have all of those things. And they put them to work on behalf of the California Fire Service, I hate to say this, but probably daily through the course of a year. It could be little and just answering a question, or or it could be working a department or a union through the loss. All that to say, um, we couldn't do what we do without um, members that are willing to give a little bit more. This isn't about getting paid. You guys don't get paid. No. And. Quite frankly, there's not enough money out there to pay you for what you do. You do it from your heart. And I, for one, not only as a past local president, a firefighter, but then the state president, I cannot thank you guys enough. And the members that you work with, I am so impressed um, with with how this has evolved from where we were 20 or 30 years ago. Tracy, we saw it here in Sacramento. TJ, you are on the cutting edge of really, really building honor guards in the state of California um, and, and where we've gotten to in the last 20 years and how we're able to respect our member, it, members and their families. It's because of people like you. And one last thing, recruiting for the last team, um, if anybody has an interest um, in being a last team member, um, I would say we call the fire foundation, and then that process can can kind of go from there.
3: Also, on the website, there's a there's a place for it. If you go to the Cal Last team and they're interested in membership, they can get on there, and there's a form to fill out, and we'll get in touch with you.
1: Great. Um, I'm going to give each of you a little a little um, minute to close. Any last thoughts you want to leave us with, TJ?
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, First of all, I just want to thank you for for having us here today for the podcast. It's really important information to get out to the entire state of California. I think one of the things that I'd like to not see is people thinking that they can put on a service for their member and you know, just kind of winging it, so to speak. Um, there's a certain way, sort of protocols out there that you're supposed to do for specific firefighter funeral services. And that's what we're here for. And even if it's just a phone call and you still want to do your own thing, at least you're checking to make sure that, you know, we're doing it the right We're honoring our firefighters in the state of California the proper ways. So and that's very, very important that, that people understand that. And so it's, uh, again, not a world takeover thing, but just to guide you. And if you want to do your own thing, we think that's fantastic. Uh, there's not a problem with that. But there is a process, a way that a service should go for a firefighter, and we just want to make sure if we can, let those people know that that's what we want to do. So really
1: appreciate. It It was an honor to be here. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, TJ. Tracy, last thoughts.
2: Yeah, again, same thing. I appreciate your having us here. Uh, This team is critically important and probably um, under known about, right? The people don't recognize that it's here. and so. Uh, doing these kinds of things is the way to get the word out that it's available to you. You don't want to have to be in a difficult scenario where you've lost a member of your department and you're not aware that these services are available for you. Um, you're just not thinking clearly then. You don't want to have to have that. So getting this word out now is fabulous. It's uh, important information for folks to to um, just make a note about in case, God forbid, this happens within th- their organization or surrounding area. And... Don't overthink it. There is a formal process to notice, but don't overthink it. Have your fire chief call the foundation, have your local president call the foundation. Reach out to a band member, reach out to TJ. We'll move you in the formal direction. Don't feel like you have, you know, you're, you're there's enough stress already. Don't overthink it. Let us help you. That's a great
1: piece of advice because what it allows you to do is focus on your your department members and the family mm-hmm. um of, of the loved one that is lost. That's just a really good small piece of advice. Tracy, Thomas J, I wanna thank you both for joining me today. Uh, your service to the profession and the men and women of the California Fire Service is just so deeply appreciated. And if you're a department or a local union that needs help dealing with the line of duty death, please reach out. You can find more information and resources about Cal Last through the California Fire Foundation at CAFireFoundation.org. This is CPF President Brian Rice, and I wanna thank you for tuning in to the CPF FireWire.
0: You can find CPF FireWire at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find CPF FireWire at the CPF website, www.cpf.org, and on the CPF YouTube page. We're always interested in getting your feedback, comments, and criticism. Tell us what you'd like to hear about. Drop us a line, info at cpf.org. CPF Firewire is a production of California Professional Firefighters. Our producer is Carol Wills. Our engineer is Matt McDermott. Please join us next month for another edition of CPF Firewire.